This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to You Better You Bet, live from Radio Row, getting you ready for the big game with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley. Bring it up, Jake. This is what we get to do on the show, by the way. We just lay out for 90 seconds at a time. <laughs> and, and they gave us money anyway. It's, it's really funny. Part of the yeah. shit of the show. Yeah. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, Ariel Epstein, and you. And you. All right. Uh, final hour here on the Thursday Radio Row. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Coming up in 20 minutes, my pal Damon Amendolara from Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio. Going to stop by. Can't wait to welcome DA to the show. 40 minutes from now, we will have the first segment of the show where Ken and I will have to speak without a guest. I'm not looking for which we're trying to, to solve as fast as possible. Yes, yes, like, Anybody like having a guest on for 90% and then here are our bets for tonight. See you tomorrow. Later, Later suckers. suckers. But uh, joining us right now to kick off the power hour. It is awesome to welcome to the show. We are, I guess we're not, re- we're not related, but we're both Royals. Separate kingdoms. Except, that's what I've been saying. Except yeah. I will say Ariel is much smarter than me because she has actually trademarked the prop queen. Whereas I am an idiot. I let Odyssey, our parent company, yeah. who I love, also, well, like I, you said, you're the idiot. Also, right. they trademarked so. Wagertainment behind my back. Yeah, I have yet. Where you're tra- home for that, by the I way. I have yeah. yet to trademark Prop King. Ariel recently trademarked Prop Queen, which was a very savvy business decision yeah. by one of our favorite people in the space. Now, I have Ariel's bio up on Twitter because there's she has a lot of stuff. I want to make sure <laughs> yeah. I get all of it. Uh, sports betting host and analyst for our friends at Fanatics, MLB Network, NBA TV. She's absolutely killing it right now on Twitter at Ariel Epstein. Prop Queen, welcome to the show. Nick and Ken, how are you? Prop King, Ken. <laughs> right, yes. Kind of weird to say that back to back, admittedly, um, Fred. Yeah. You know, I thought after Wagertainment that Costos would have figured out that he should be trademarking yeah. his creative ability, but maybe, maybe soon. What, uh, what we'll made see. you, what made you want to go with that nickname? How did it start? Honestly, it started because I mean, Fasano knows he right. was my producer at sports grid at sports grid. I started out in sports betting. I didn't know sports gambling like from a sharp perspective. I was an average Joe, and I didn't want to sound like an idiot when I went on all these radio stations with Vegas people. It wasn't so big for us on the East Coast yet. 
I just said, you know, props are kind of that gateway from fantasy into the gambling world. I went the prop route, which no one except Nick was really doing. Like, it was me and Nick as the two people that were being asked to go on these shows and talk about props. As I kept doing it, people were like, oh, the prop queen, because I was hitting bets. I was doing well. I was one of the few people in it. It wasn't me. I did not do prop queen. I hated it. And did I, no, but re- but like, really? Did you really hate it? Hated. But why? Because it's so corny and cheesy. Yeah, yeah see, you yeah, hear that? Yeah, <laughs> so is everything. And yeah. was one of the first people that said, no, we're branding you as prop queen. Because if people are calling you that yeah, on where's show, your Where's your good idea for us, Alex? <laughs> right, yeah. I, I, I gave Ariel like a million dollar idea. And he was like, you have to go with it. My broadcast coach, Joe Montgomery, she says, you have a brand. You have to run with it. Yeah. My parents, you true. have a brand. You have to run with it. My dad, he's an attorney. He's the one that in the last year trademarked prop. Oh, she had some help here too. Yeah, right? he knows yeah. someone. You know, you got to know a guy. He knows a guy. Can I? Can I? Can I meet? Can I meet him? Or because yeah, I, I think I need some help. My he's trying to the help ball Kelly here. right now. Awesome. Yeah. Was he the one that was like, "You need to trademark this"? Yes. Like he was that voice. Oh okay. yeah, of course, because he saw other people trying to take it. And honestly, I should have known after the wagertainment stuff right. that I should have done that. Amazing. I'm such a, Wait, Wagergate. Mor- yes, right. the, the moral of the story is Nick Costos, comma, moron, which is what I'm totally comfortable with. Um, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I don't know when the first time I did a spot with you is when you were on Sports Grid. Maybe it was to pandemic, maybe like 2020, right? Um, your glow up and your kind of rise in this space has been meteoric. Like, and I mean that sincerely, Aww. it's been awesome to watch. Kind of like tell the people like how, how you got to where you're at right now, because I don't know if it's a like humble, like you and Alex work together, yeah. like not necessarily humble, like, like yeah. humble beginnings, but like you went from someone in the space and it's a really crowded space, right? And yeah. you've kind of carved out this area for you where you are immediately recognizable. Not many people can say that they did that. Oh, thank you. That was a good buildup, right? It that was, was pretty a really good, good yeah. buildup. Now I feel like I'm He's talking good to... at that. That's an area of expertise for him. Yeah, yeah so. some of these athletes I've spoken to today, I built them up like yeah. Super Bowl jam. And then Shoe on the me. other foot here. Yeah. So. so I would say after I left local news in 2019 and I was completely unemployed, didn't know what to do. I was actually brought to CBS Sports HQ to do an audition. They had me read a money line off a graphic. And I was like, hmm, sports betting. No one's really doing that yet. I found Sports Grid through a friend of a friend on Twitter. I saw them post about it. To be honest, the website was a little sketchy at the time, but I knew someone who worked there, so I knew that I wasn't going to get murdered by going on an interview. <laughs> always want to have that be assurance. Yes, no, no murder is yes, always positive. I have a strict no murder policy. I mean, policy. And it's in New York, so like in New York City, you don't know exactly where you're going. But I slid into the DMs of one of the, of the president of the company. I said, you don't have any females at this company. They said, come in on an audition. That's a strong, strong right. open, Which is like, a, that's a really good thing to say when you want the job at the company. I have to <laughs> be honest. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Unfortunately, I wasn't following the um, brightest females that were brought in there. Like, they only spoke about, like, the weather. They didn't know sports. They just sure. brought them on. Like, but... They were so they were hesitant, and I was really like they were like, okay, we're gonna see if she knows her stuff. Of course I did. I was so prepped, like ready to go. So I was doing shows on Sports Grid, and to make a long story short, during the pandemic, 
there wasn't anyone on air. And I give Sports Grid a ton of credit because within the week of the pandemic hitting, we learned how to make a home studio. I had a webcam ready to go. I had lights. I had a green screen. It looked good, if I remember correctly, yep. also. It, it was two weeks was in. Was that Fasano? Yep. That? Well, he didn't come up with the idea, but he was helping. <laughs> right. He wasn't. I got Joe Ranieri. That was the, the mastermind behind it all. But we were Fasano was with us. We were the only ones really on air. I was putting together a three-hour show pre-recorded because we couldn't go live yet from home. And I was editing the show, producing the show, hosting the show. We had to manually put graphics in. It wasn't live takes. It was a 17-hour day for months. And eventually it all paid off because we were the only ones on air. And we had other sports books, so I guess I won't mention here. Other sports books <laughs> sponsored our show. And we got picked up by MSG Network and SiriusXM. And everything started to really take off. How much, uh, how much pressure do you feel like in the Super Bowl when you're called the prop queen and people want to know what your props are. Cause like, oh I gotta God, tell you, like, I don't, I don't care at all. Right. So, I don't care yeah. anymore. That's... I cared a lot more a few years ago because people, you know, you want to build your reputation. Yeah. Now I just tell people, you guys all think because the Super Bowl is all made for props that we're supposed to be great at it. I said, no, no, no. You know, when it props are great, the regular season, sure. when there's 15 games on the board that you could go find the edge with, let's say it's NBA season, the Detroit Pistons. I was, and now he's a Nick, Bojan Bogdanovic, over 21 and a half points. I love that. I'll watch a Pistons game for it. So it's those little markets that make sports betting in the props world a lot more like it's a, you got more of an edge there instead of the Super Bowl. Well, like, only two teams. I mean, you're talking about NBA. There's a million teams going on a million markets. Right. Only two teams playing. Any playoff, any playoff run, any Super Bowl, any championship, it is so hard to find the edge because obviously the sports books are zoned in on that one game. Now, that's why I tell people to go bet the unconventional markets or you find some unders. But that's why um, the Super Bowl is definitely hard. Are, and now that you're established, who cares? Are you still working with, with Jill on, like, a regular basis? Montgomery? Yeah. yeah. I only ask that because, like, your cadence is awesome with, like, the oh. way, like, you're ending. Like, it's like, you want to find the props. And, like, you, but it's, it, you're, you're, your excellence. Like, as a broadcaster, like, you're, you're very, very, Nick very doing the good. full breakdown here. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm right. just, this is my, I'm, I'm being right. honest. Like, she's excellent. You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken live from Radio Row. The prop queen, Ariel Epstein, is our guest on Twitter at Ariel Epstein. Okay, so, yeah. So no ever, pressure ever, also. Ever, right. yes, that's yeah. exactly well, what this are you is going on. Right. So no pressure also. What's the lock prop coming up for Super Bowl oh, 58? Again, you're giving, so wait, funny because you say lock. So I actually asked Kelly in Vegas this the other day. And we had her on the show earlier. Yeah. And I for know. people that don't know, Ariel and Kelly are very good friends. I would say BFF, but yeah. then that makes me like I'm extremely. <laughs> yeah. You said flex earlier to Brandon yeah, Marshall, I'm just, who I'm has a Super Bowl ring. I'm extremely yeah. uncool. Yeah. Um, yeah, we are very, very close. And I told her the other day, I said, Kelly, which L.O. word do you hate more, love or lock? And she couldn't answer. She just completely avoided. I said, well, that actually makes sense. Well, one exists um, and one doesn't. No, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that's very yeah. true. Um, so I would say that the one I'm trying to like switch up, which props I give out, because I feel if you say this is my lock to every single show, it's definitely a lock. You to owe lose. us the best. We, yeah. we need the best of the best. And if you're between a couple, we'll take both. OK, um, just and if you have four, we'll take four I'll, or seven, I'll give, seven. You, I'll give you a lot of them. Yeah. Justin Watson over 12 and a half yards for his longest reception. Okay. He averages just over 17 yards per longest catch on the road this year, which is it is up from his season average, whereas all the other Chiefs receivers, their longest reception is it like decreases on the road off their season average. So I like Justin Watson as a deep threat. I'm actually going with the under on Brock Purdy pass attempts okay. because if you look at the game that Mahomes lost in the Super Bowl, it was to the Bucks and Tom Brady. 
Future Hall of Famer Tom Brady only had 29 pass attempts. What do you do to beat Mahomes? You have to run the football to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. That means Purdy giving the ball to either McCaffrey or even Debo Samuel. I also like Debo Samuel over his rushing yards. Shanahan, his last playoff run, his last Super Bowl run, Shanahan, it was what, the 2020 Super Bowl against the Chiefs, he ran the football every single game with Debo, and he rushed for over 30 yards, and they were doing really well. Obviously, there was no Christian McCaffrey in that situation. This is so much better. You have so much deception to throw at that Chiefs defense with two potential running backs? Absolutely. So Debo rushing yards would be the Debo prop. And then Mahomes over pass attempts would be the only other thing because if you're smart and you're the Niners, you make Mahomes throw. That was where this team has struggled all season. Yeah, they've been like, you know, dumping the ball off and having these quick snaps, I mean, these quick throws and whatnot. That's how they beat my Ravens. But ultimately, Isaiah Pacheco, just stop him and make Mahomes throw the football. And in two of his three Super Bowl runs, that's exactly what Mahomes was doing. You think, uh, think Lamar Jackson's ever going to a Super Bowl? Yes. Next year? Yes. Why do, you, why do you think that? The Ravens. Also, for people that don't know, Ariel, diehard fan of well, the yeah, Baltimore she Ravens. My, my Ravens, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because everyone here does not let me forget that I apparently am Steve Bishotti and own the team. The Ravens have been on. A, they've been on a positive trajectory, truthfully, because they've now added a really good wide receiver, receiver in Zay Flowers. They got one of the best linebackers in the league, Roquan Smith. I know that we lost our defensive coordinator. Zachary Orr will be fine. It didn't matter who Ray Lewis had as his DC because when you're such an anchor and a leader like that, the way Roquan Smith is, they're going to be fine defensively. All the Ravens have to do, they really need a number one veteran wide receiver. If they had that in this game, not Odell I, Beckham. Odell Beckham wasn't the number one veteran wide receiver. He could barely stay on the field. He played, yeah, no. He was playing behind Play, Baby. Right, yeah. He barely could play on the. He was barely there for more than two quarters. I know. I'm talking Anquan Bolden. Sure. I'm talking Anquan Bolden. No pressure. Status. Yeah, right. but we need Anquan Bolden. <laughs> right. no yeah, no, Let's go find yeah. him. He was there. Um, but I, I do think that inexperience played a huge role in that Ravens loss. Lamar said it too. It was my first AFC championship game. Zay Flowers, clearly rookie move by fumbling that football, thinking he was in the end zone. I didn't like the play calling, but I did love Todd Munkin all year. I knew it was the biggest game of the year. Todd Munkin made a lot of really good play calls, so much better than Greg Roman. This offense is going to be better in year two under Todd Munkin. I'm okay with what's happening. And Lamar Jackson got his bag, unlike last year where the Ravens didn't even know if they were going to have a quarterback. Sure, shopped him a little yeah, bit. Uh, this is a much better offseason. What's what's the uh, 1 to 10 scale? How much of that answer was uh, was coping? Be honest. <laughs> it felt like you were trying to talk yourself into it as you were telling us, to be honest. No, okay, I'm on a... I'm on a eight in confidence for them okay so only a two on the coping scale final question here about a minute to go you bet the nfl pretty heavily mm -hmm. baseball pretty heavily mm -hmm. the nba pretty heavily mm -hmm. what's your favorite sport to bet and why baseball i love it because everyone else hates it so it's great <laughs> so contrarianism i guess well, it's yeah, contrarian so. it's also because it's such a grind every day that i put the work into it every day strikeout props have been so profitable for me that i have this huge excel spreadsheet with a friend of mine and we just go to town on this spreadsheet so we keep track of every strikeout prop every day every pitcher every team that's faced it it's wild it's very successful
I love betting baseball each day. Uh, promote everything you've got going on here. We have about 30 seconds to go. Am I allowed to say the sports book I work I, with? I did already. It's yeah, fine. Okay, it's fine. so Fanatic Sportsbook, MLB Network, also NBA bet, TV. Also, everybody bet at BetMGM. Go ahead. <laughs> Just who I represent. Yeah, um, and MLB Network coming up this baseball season, NBA TV. I do a show called NBA Bet. I do that uh, a few times a month, so keep tuned. You are uh, you're killing it. Congratulations yeah. on everything, on all the success. Thanks and keep so it much, up. guys. The prop queen. Right. That the, the courts have been reunited for and the like, first time. Like, well, yeah. to be fair, like actual royal, I'm like Fugazi royalty. There's like actual royalty. Is there a pro, if I search for prop prince and prop princess, you think that exists yet? I hope not. It's got to be the next <laughs> chapter. That's got to be the next chapter, right? The level of inappropriate jokes from my wife. If <laughs> right. That's the case for sure. Uh, it's yours. <laughs> so Ariel Epstein joining us here on You Better You Bet. Great job by the prop queen, Ariel Epstein. That is uh, that's awesome. I remember, like, and Alex, I guess, did you produce the show that I went on back in the day? I had a man bun, right? Yeah, probably you were in your like Tom Cruise Last Samurai phase. Yeah, at that it was while well, it was yeah. like pandemic, and it's right. like, am I gonna cut my hair? Like for what? <laughs> it's like at that point, like I was like I was like living at like Does it my even matter anymore? My oh, house. Yeah. It's like what? What I gonna cut my hair? What for her? Like we we're already it was right. in already. Like we're in. All right, uh, coming up next. Uh, Ariel goes on the show, I think like every week now, right? On Sirius XM, a Mad Dog Sports yeah. Radio, which is a, a great idea by them. Uh, Damon Amendolara, host of the DA show with my buddy Mike Babchick. DA is going to stop by here as we continue the Thursday show from Radio Row. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, you better you bet on the BetQL Network. It rolls on right after this. You're listening to You Better You Bet, live from Radio Row, getting you ready for the big game with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley. Bring it up, Jake. Tonight, coming up in the final segment of the show, 20 minutes from now, our pal Damon Amendola on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio, formerly, uh, I guess he's still our teammate because we're on Sirius XM, but our former Odyssey well, teammate we as well. one big team, really? We, yeah. uh, well, I mean, like, we're on, like, so many platforms that, like, most people are our teammates at this point, yeah, which is some, awesome. Through some connection. Through some connection, Love which it. is which is absolutely great. Um, so we'll get to our bets coming up. The guest list has been amazing today. Who is your favorite guest that we've had on so far? I think it was Brandon Marshall. I actually like strongly agree with that. I got to wear a Super Bowl ring and take a picture. It was pretty cool. I said, "Did you, I sent you the picture? It's <laughs> a good did. picture. Yeah, it's a good picture. Yeah, uh, pretty good. That story that he told at the end was like, yeah. and the way he told it, like, and you've had this happen a bunch, probably, right? Where you're, you, you know, you're like fishing a little bit when you ask the questions to somebody, especially somebody who does like ten interviews in a row or five interviews in a row. Like, what are they going to give you that they're not going to give everybody else? So you like fish a little bit, and then. Like, you know, it doesn't always work. Sometimes you ask questions like, eh, the answer was whatever. And, uh, and so I was like, yeah, I asked him this question. And it's like, he's like, that just reminded me of a story. And I was like, oh, oh, 
oh yes. <laughs> how, how, about, how about the uh, the story about when he's wearing a Super Bowl ring and he, I I don't know who he said was the other person that had a Super Bowl ring. He didn't mention the name of the other yeah. Super Bowl winner, but Andre Reid was. And the it was non- like an Andre Reid who didn't win a Super right. Bowl, and Reid's like, yeah, well, I have a Hall of Fame ring. Right, which apparently is like a, a crappy looking ring too, by all by Brandon's account. But like that was kind of what a lot of players have said that I've worked with in the past. Like, would you rather have make the Hall of Fame or win a Super Bowl? And the answer basically unanimously is to make the Hall of Fame. You Which know, is pretty and, interesting, and, and, right? And, and not win a Super Bowl, but make the Hall of Fame. So you, why do you think that is? Well, I think it's like like one of the reasons why I think if you're like a fringy player, which I'm not insinuating Brandon is, was on the Broncos all-decade team, but it's because like it's a money-making opportunity for the rest of your life. Like you're branded forever as like Super Bowl champion. Like there, think about like locally where you're at, but Patriots are a little different, right? Because they won so many. They got a lot of champions. But like there are like Giants players that won in 1990. Right, who are still like like Super Bowl champion, like they, running yeah. back like Rodney Hampton. And like yeah. Rodney Hampton was a good running back for years for the Giants, but just like like he'll always be Super Bowl champion Rodney Hampton, for example. Right, you put that in front of his name, it like it means something. Right? But if you're a yeah. Hall of Famer, like you kind of like transcend that. Like That's you're true. Hall of Famer, like it means more. And your, your peers obviously respect you like the most for being a hall of famer. Cause it means like among them, you were the best. Whereas like, a su- you know, a lot of people are going to get a super boring that like aren't the best because they're the 38th best player on the team or the 40th best player. I'm with you. All right. So why don't we uh, want to dive into the old prop sheet unless we got something else cooking here. I think we do a couple other ones. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like the prop sheets like a little weaker this year. Like it's just like, uh, I don't know. I, I, here's are we my weaker? What do you think it is? No, I yeah. don't think it's weaker. I think it's that we are enjoying like doing a different type like this of is show. A, like this is a bummer. Like it's like a it's like the stuff that would normally be awesome and it's still good. It's like, but I'm not I'm not talking to Super Bowl champion Brandon Marshall yeah, anymore. Yeah, like it's just like it's a little different. So right. like I think the prop sheet's still great. Like tomorrow when we're not on Radio Row, we'll still have some great guests on. I yeah. think like the prop sheet will feel amazing again. I agree, and we'll do uh, you know, we usually do award market roulette on Thursday. We'll do maybe we'll do some of that tomorrow. Like a lot, a lot has happened. Like hockey's back. There's been a ton. Do of you want to hit something? And like you and I have spent like time off air talking about this stuff and. I think it's our plan to do some of it on the show. And then it's just like, what like, do you want? You know, like listen to the show. Well, like, I, I, we've got a lot of notes, by the way, that people have loved the show. this Yeah. Week. Like, yeah. like we thought Jerry, we did not know Jerry Ferrara was definitely going to be on today. We thought like at some we point, also thought it would be later in the show if he was going to be. on. And so like I walk over, Ken and I are tape a spot with Maggie Gray and Andrew Perloff, CBS sports radio that will air tomorrow morning on CBS sports radio. And we walk over to the set at like 54 past and we're on the top of the hour. And Jerry Ferrara is standing here. It's like, okay, well, I guess this is how we're starting the show. Right. So Which there I, it is. And, and I think, and you got something really good out of it. And to be fair, like, what were we going to leave with anyway? NBA trade deadline. Like, okay, well, who who better to help us break down the NBA trade deadline than, like, super Knicks fan Jerry Ferrara? They're the only team that did anything today, basically, besides the Thunder. Uh, all right. So what kind of award takes do you have? Anything anything in, the, uh, in the hopper? I mean, most improved is obviously, like, the thing that, that the most people are going to care about because it's the most vulnerable. And we did it earlier in the show. Like, Maxi can't be this price, probably. There's no polling. So nobody knows. Nobody even knows that he was ahead. Nobody knows that he's ahead right and, like, now. Should he even still? He's, like, minus 400 still at BetMGM, yeah. and, like, most improved player. It started to move. So we had uh, the 50-point game that was last week. His price got bet, like, not even bet out, like, moved out a lot as a result of that game. And, you know, a lot of people that I talked to were like, I don't know if he's going to win, but, man, that seems like a huge overreaction to literally one game when we're not even sure he was supposed to be the favorite anyway. The problem with this award and, like, solving it is there's always a subjective aspect to it. MVP, usually it's like, all right, like, team success, player success, you combine them, you get, like, a rating. That's that's who wins MVP. Most improved player, it's like, all right, is it is it the best player? And this is what people, like, writers who vote for the award talk about all the time. Is it the best player? Like, Okay, like maybe the level of improvement wasn't as great, but it's like the guy who's the best who improved. 
or it's the guy who improved the most, even if he didn't end up an all-star, even if he didn't end up as good as some of the other players. And we never know year to year how voters are going to interpret the award to award that. And so because we never really know which one they're going to pick, and we have some historical tendencies, but we don't really know. And every year is different. And we have, again, I just want to emphasize this. No one knows what anyone thinks. But Kenneth, does has there been any polling to tell us what they think? But like I know <laughs> I know people are probably like, God, will you just like stop it with the no polling thing? Like, do people know how ridiculous there was a Greg Wyshynski ESPN hockey poll that came out earlier this week? We have a crystal clear idea of who the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth candidates are in every single award market, and there should be no dispute about who those players and coaches are. There should be zero. We should have like uniform opinion about who is in first right now in every hockey award market. McKinnon is ahead. Hellebuck's ahead. You can talk about by how much now, but like he's ahead. Tockett's ahead. Quinn Hughes is ahead. Like we, These are facts. They are ahead. Who's ahead for most improved player? Nobody has a freaking clue. Nobody knows. Nobody has any idea. And a guy's minus 600, which is pretty interesting. Uh... I, I still kind of I, I like like three guys on that list, Kaminga, Kobe, Kobe White's White, pretty interesting too, and like and yeah. like and Shengun's like the the best of the yeah, bunch, yeah, you know right? the actual all star, right? But just yeah, like a, is anyone is anyone like, no one cares about him though, which is crazy because he's like he's like baby Jokic almost. It, it's, this is what I mean. And, where, and maybe like infant Jokic is better than baby, like maybe a better a better way to describe they, it. But he's great. Him, do they call him baby Jokic? They call him something Jokic. Like now I can't remember. It's late in the show. Oh, I didn't know. Uh, that. So yeah, no, they do. no, they do. Like, yeah, absolutely do. So you kind of got that right. Uh, Shengun, Kobe White, Kaminga, these are viable candidates. Uh, the way I would try to think about it, and I, like I don't have to be right with the conclusion that I draw, but I would be thinking about the award this way for sure. Which is, all right, like thirty games left, thirty-five games left. Put yourself in position like that, like in April. How will everyone be playing? What will they have done up to that point? Maxi looks great now, and he's starting to look a little less great, but like he looks like a great player, and he's going to play in the All-Star game. In 30 games, what what is likely to happen down the stretch? Well, if it looks like the first few games with no Embiid, it's not looking great. Maybe Buddy Heald solves that, maybe he doesn't. It's going to start looking less good every single game. How's Kaminga going to look in the next 30 to 35 games? Probably better every single game, because you know what's going to happen? They're winning now. They're going to be in a playoff spot. Like, Warriors get a ton of attention anyway. Now they're going to a ton of attention. So Kaminga trending up as we get to like again recency bias a huge part of the awards how's kobe white gonna look like good but the same and like a tougher player to solve probably shangun you don't like that the team's going in the opposite but they're not going to make the playoffs this year they probably won't make the play-in tournament now that the warriors are playing better um it just you you kind of like try to read the tea leaves you project the players out i think a lot of people are going to like I, how about this i think people are going to like kaminga even more in 30 games than they do now maybe that doesn't mean he wins but i think it's you can feel comfortable saying like people will have a very strong impression of him later, uh, a stronger one than they do right now. You better you bet with Nick and Ken live from Radio Row on this Thursday. All right, buddy, let's crack into the old uh, the old prop sheet here. Yeah, there were. Uh, here, I pulled a couple ones I thought because I have to tell you, like it's we've gotten so caught up in the great guests. Yeah. I think tomorrow, like when we're giving our Super Bowl bets, it's gonna like feel real again. Yeah, it's like we're doing a betting show, and like this is what we do. NBA's been going pretty well since we've done that. Uh, I dude, get one I, pick I, every I, night. I won, I, I won them all. Yeah. I slammed last night. You, you you gave out a lot and won a lot. And, 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 <laughs> and I didn't lose anything, right. which was awesome. I was just like, oh, you know, I like the Pelicans. I think they have a chance to win. Oh, look at that, which stinks because I was kind of hoping they would lose close. Uh, so we did the total players to record a reception in this same page, which has some cool stuff on it. What will the highest scoring quarter of the Super Bowl be with all of them listed? Oh, fourth has got to be a favorite, right? The fourth is not the favorite. What's the second? The second is the favorite okay. by a little bit. Second quarter plus 150. Fourth quarter plus 160. Third quarter five to one. First quarter six to one. And I'll just preface this by saying 
I'm going to guess this is the exact same prices that are dealt in this market every year. So your task here is to essentially be like, okay, is there something unique about how these teams play, when they like to be good, whatever, that would lead you toward uh, toward making a bet on a quarter in this game? Do you have an opinion? I guess it's like just the way I conceptualize the game where I think that the fourth quarter, like the end of this game, is going to get like pretty silly. Right, which is oppo how the Chiefs games are. They, are, they literally almost haven't lost a fourth quarter under. This I just season. think it's yeah. basically like how like the, how like with all everything that's on the line here, I think that we're going to see a lot of scoring coming up at the end of this game. Makes a lot of sense. All right. Yeah. Do you want to pop on right now? How about this? I mean, what a guy. Yeah, like what, one, one of my all-time favorites joining us here live on the show. And it's our friend. What's up, DA? What's up, boys? Uh, How you doing, Damon Amendolara joins us on the show, um, host of Sirius uh, XM Mad Dog Sports Radio's The DA Show with my buddy Mike Babchik. Yes. Who, like I told you earlier, Mike and I were in the same intern class like over over 20 years ago, which is insane. You're now uh, a grizzled veteran. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's grizzled already. Yeah, we're, we're, we're grizzled vets uh, on Twitter at Damon Amendolara. <laughs> What's going on, buddy? Everything, man. This is so cool. My entrance into like sports fandom was the Super Bowl. I thought that at seven years old, this is the coolest thing ever. I know both you and I grew up in Giants households. Super Bowl twenty one. I'm eight years old. My dad is out of town on on business. He goes, Dame. I may never see the Giants win a Super Bowl ever again. You have to videotape this. You have to get this on VHS. So it was a huge job of mine. I felt like I would let everybody down, including my dad. So I I, I watch it. I paused it during commercials so he didn't have to get the commercial production value. That's good. Yeah. Huge. And then I was entranced. I was like, this is so cool. This event is so cool. The pomp, the circumstance. Of course, I didn't know those words at seven years old, eight years old. But I was like, and I rewatched that tape throughout the entire offseason. And now every time I get to come to Radio Row or be part of this, it just reminds me of how cool the whole massive event is. And to be part of it is like mind blowing. What's the uh, what's the coolest thing you've done so far this week? Coolest person you've interviewed, somebody you talked to. We had Troy Palomalo on today. And how's his hair? It's nothing anymore. He like doesn't permit. He doesn't what? do anything. He Wait, just, what like, does he look like? He just he just pulls it back and it's like really tight against his head. This is so, like the super bad line, like he's like smacking God in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he was almost um deferential to like thanks for having me i know i'm not a big deal and i'm like what do you mean yeah, he's a hall of famer right. what do you mean yeah. and and he thinks that because he doesn't play anymore he's not important oh and we've it, forgotten about him or something he says like he it's does possible. A, yeah. a head and shoulders commercial with patrick mahomes he's like i don't even know why patrick knows who i am i'm like you're a hall of famer yeah, was, was he like, super bowl was this like, like jack tatum like played in the 70s like i don't understand <laughs> or a scrub of yeah, the 70s I mean, God, like right. dude yeah. you, you just played yeah you're obviously a massive star and a hall of famer like but that humility really informs the type of guy that he was and why he was such a great teammate and why he was such a great player. So when you are around people like that, it tells you so much of the story. Um, we don't have a ton of time left in the segment, and if you've got a roll, it's okay. But I just want to say this about D.A., and if you have a couple minutes on the other side, we'd love to keep you for a few more. D.A., I think, uh, is a football fan, kind of the way like I'm a football well, fan. Tell the way he talks about the Super Bowl. And no he question. like he loves NFL history in a way that I I don't think many people do, like you and I do. It's a right? It is, but it's yeah. a, it's a great sickness. <laughs> That's a pretty good sickness. What's yeah. like what's what's your favorite like NFL moment? It doesn't have to be something you were alive for, but you love this stuff. What's like your favorite NFL like films moment? NFL moments. Well, weather is always a huge factor of my favorite moments. So like things like the Ice Bowl, things like the Freezer Bowl, the 1981 AFC Championship game. The warm weather chargers go to Cincinnati Riverfront Stadium. It's like negative 40 windshield. These things are the things that really get my juices flowing. 
But I'll tell you, one play that I can't let go, I'm not even a Seahawks fan, is when they threw at the goal line to Malcolm Butler, yep. basically. Yeah, I was there. And I just interviewed Golden Tate. And I couldn't help but go there. Did just, you ask him about Russell Wilson or no? A little bit. <laughs> and, and Golden Tate, was he was not on that 2014 team. He yeah. had just left for the Lions. And he said, you know. Wonder why. <laughs> he said that there was, there was a part of him that laughed when they threw the pick. Like, ha, ha, ha. And I was like, wow. And I, he said they, they were never the same emotionally after that. I said they couldn't trust each other. They could not trust. They couldn't trust Pete. They couldn't trust the play calling. They couldn't trust Russ. All of that was, like, baked into it. And I feel now we're finally getting those stories. Now they're finally admitting that. Right, now, a little long after the fact. So enough time has gone by. And yeah. Yes. And that, to me, is perhaps the most defining play in NFL history because it rips apart a potential dynasty in the Seahawks and it gives, remember, the Patriots their first ring in 10 in years. It's like some credibility. Right? Had yeah. they not picked that interception off or picked that pass That's off. three Super Bowl losses for Brady right. since the exactly last Exactly right. You're listening to You Better You Bet live from Radio Row, getting you ready for the big game with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley. Our friend Damon Amendolara is back with us again for another segment. We'll give you our bets coming up in a couple minutes. Let me quickly do the thank yous here. Amazing guest list today. Great this job by really our fire executive way. producer, yeah. Alex Fasano. Um, actor and BetMGM ambassador, our friend Jerry Ferrara, a.k.a. hashtag Mr. Trade Deadline, right. <laughs> joining us uh, to oh, open the yeah. show today. Uh, my friend Solomon Wilcots and Rich Gannon from NFL Radio that I used to work with. Adam Chernoff, who the only guy that likes the Niners. Pam Maldonado and Kelly Stewart joining us together. Pro sports better Rob Pozzola. Super Bowl champion linebacker Brandon Marshall. Our friend Doug Kazarian from OnlyPlayers.com. Pete Blackburn from What Chaos Talking Hockey. And the prop queen, Ariel Epstein, who goes on DA show. Yeah. By the way. That's like, I think that's like a brilliant idea that you guys had to have Ariel on the show. I love it in the social she's videos. So she's great. She's exceptionally talented. I think that's really smart by you guys. Alex Fasano, RAP. Scott Vera's running around. Uh, Jason Murphy's running around. Andrew Williams, Mitch Rosen, Jake Hassan, downtown Mike Brown, Tyler Morales, best crew in the business. DA, we'll get to your thoughts on the game in a second. What did we have on yesterday? Sean Merriman was on yesterday. Oh, yeah. And we were talking about like, him going up against Brady in the playoffs, like Brady Mahomes comparison. And I and I said and I believe this. I remember watching the game and I, I said to Ken also, I bet Chargers plus nine and a half. They lost 21-12. I remember the final score. And then that Giants Packers game later that day is like my favorite football game ever. Maybe even more so than Super Bowl 42. I believe that if LT and Rivers were both healthy for that game, the Chargers maybe win by like 10 points. And we don't even get the undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl to have that moment. It's like the what if NFL questions. Besides for Malcolm Butler in Super Bowl 49, Patriots Seahawks, do you have like a great what if NFL moment where you think something could have easily happened that like re rewrites the course of history? Well, if Buddy Ryan doesn't get the Eagles job in 86, because the 85 Bears, by and large, are the single greatest single season team aside from the 72 Dolphins and maybe more dominant. But he gets that job, the Eagles job, decides to take it. And the 86 Bears are 14-2, and two, but they lose in the divisional round to Washington. And they're just not the same powerhouse. They're not the same. Would they have beaten our Giants, you think? That I, I've tried to ask Giants from that team, and they, they go, we didn't fear anybody that year. We didn't fear the Bears. But the Bears had beat them in the playoffs the year before. I think when Buddy left, the veil of invincibility about the Bears kind of left with it. And I wonder, of course, it's hard to say, but... If Buddy stays with Ditka, are the Bears 
three-time Super Bowl champs, five. I mean, that was such an amazing team that that's, to me, the greatest what-if. How, how is the greatest single-season team arguably ever a one-season team? So I think that is um, is one of the biggest. That's a really good question. Aside from that, well, also that year, the only loss that the Bears have is to Dan Marino and the Dolphins they, on Monday night. And they lose to, like, a bad Patriots team in the AFC Championship At game. home. At home. And the Patriots had never gone to the Orange Bowl and won basically in like 13 years. If the Dolphins win that AFC title game at home against the Patriots, a wild card Patriots team, do the Dolphins upset the 85 Bears in the Super Bowl? And what is Dan Marino versus the 85 Bears like in the Super Bowl? So that always kind of swirls around I, in my brain. I, I, I mean, I, you guys are like best friends. This I, is just I, this I, is really I, fun. I'm yeah. so retroactively <laughs> mad at like Steve Grogan and Tony Easton and that right. Patriots and team. Even just like saying a sentence us. like I'm retroactively mad at Steve Grogan <laughs> just like really puts you guys on the same level. I feel like I feel like that's where we're at. I feel like that's really good. Uh if the we'll talk about who you like in the game in a second. Let's say the Chiefs win. Yeah. Kelsey retire, Reed retire. I mean, you seem like a, a student of NFL history here. What 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 do you think happens if they win the game? Reed does not retire. No I, chance. I worked in Kansas City for five years, and I know some people that know the Chiefs pretty well. They're like, they're, Reed has no intention of, of retiring, and why would he? He's got a ready built machine every single year, and he wants to keep stacking rings. He has the greatest quarterback he could imagine for his offense. There's no way Reed retires. Kelsey could. I mean, Kelsey clearly is on the back end of his career. Kelsey with Taylor Swift, I'm sure have, if they're going to get married, have visions of a certain type Making of life. plans, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I could see him retiring after this game. It would be very theatrical for him and the Swifties as sure. well. So. Cinematic, yeah. But I, I think there's 0% chance Andy Reid retires. Okay. We'll get to the game in a second here. But give us, if you'd be so kind, the historical framing for each of these teams if they win the Super Bowl. The first for Kyle Shanahan and young Brock Purdy in year two, and obviously the third for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid kind of entering like, is this going to be like the next Patriots dynasty? But I'll let you kind of give your thought. If the Chiefs win this Super Bowl, they are a modern dynasty. It's interesting that we don't talk about them that way, but they would have equated what the 90s Cowboys did, three championships in four years. And, and we all consider the 90s Cowboys team a dynasty, so the Chiefs would have equated to that. Also, Andy Reid with a third Super Bowl championship pushes ahead of both Don Shula and Tom Landry, which each had two. Imagine putting Andy Reid above Tom Landry and Don Shula, but that's the rarefied air we're talking about. And Patrick Mahomes, with another championship, puts himself really into the conversation of Brady, Montana, Mahomes. I mean, that's kind of like, and however you wanted to stack them, you could have an argument because Mahomes has another 10 years to do this. For the 49ers, look, there's nothing to lose for the Chiefs. If they lose the Super Bowl, it's it's not like somehow we we downgrade Mahomes and, and Reed. So thus the pressure's on the 49ers squarely. And I think it's about if they lose. Because if Shanahan loses another huge game, why should we ever believe that he can do it? And Brock Purdy will have more chances, but it does give us more ammunition that he is not the thing that will put them over the top. He's just the next thing that gets them to where they've been already. So legacy purposes, look, you win a Super Bowl, nobody can ever take that away from you, and we would have to give it to Shanahan and, and Purdy. But it is far more about whether those two guys lose than it is about whether they win. I mean, you're you're really good at this. Absolutely, that was a really good answer. Uh, who do you like in the game? We talked about this off air. I, I like the Chiefs, and I like the Chiefs because people are ignoring how good the Chiefs' defense is. It's the, by far their best defense with Patrick Mahomes, but also 
their blitzing with Steve Spagnuolo is is oftentimes really hard to figure out. And I don't think Brock Purdy is going to do very well figuring this thing out early in this game. And you also have a Shanahan offense that's oftentimes condensed at the line of scrimmage, which means that it's harder to for the defense to, when you're condensed, to pick up where the defense is coming from on those blitzes because they can all be closer to the line, you know. And so I think it's going to be really hard to pick up where Spags comes from on these blitzes, and I don't think the Niners are going to do it very well, and I think it's going to put them in an early hole like the first two playoff games. And if they do that, they can't dig themselves out like they did against the Lions and the Packers. I think they're toast if they're down by 10, which I think is going to be what happens. Final question. Outside of the 85 Bears, you said maybe like the best best team of all time, single-season team of all time. You had to take one team to go to war with to win one NFL game. It, it could be the 07 Patriots who didn't win a Super Bowl. What is the best non-85 Bears Super Bowl team or non-Super Bowl team in the history of the National Football League for you? The greatest non-Super Bowl team that didn't make the Super Bowl. And you, and you could give us like a Super Bowl team also if you'd like. Okay. And we only have a couple minutes for this, by the way, because this, this could be an amazing like 20-minute answer. I can already tell. Yeah, it would definitely yeah. be that way. The greatest non-Super Bowl team of all time is the 76 Steelers. They started 1-4. They lost Bradshaw. They lost Franco. Their defense pitched like five shutouts in seven God, you weeks. You can't or let John like Madden that. have his like one win, man. That 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 seventy six Steelers team. Just look at the defense. It's like it doesn't even make sense that they did that all basically with a, a, a third string quarterback and, and no running game. The greatest Super Bowl team aside from the eighty five Bears that I've ever seen is the eighty nine forty nine. I agree, hundred percent. You have Montana at his peak, Rice at his peak, Craig at his peak. They're doing it without Bill Walsh, but it's still the Bill Walsh offense. But the defense is excellent at that 89-49ers team. I mean, that's still Ronnie Lott, and that's still all those guys that were just, they were beasts. They were monsters. And I always wish we knew what would happen if Flipper Anderson didn't catch that touchdown because Giants-Niners NFC Championship 89 might be just as classic as the one we saw the year after a 90. And they uh, they beat us in the regular season both years on Monday Night Football. That's right. 89 and 90. That's right. Yeah. Love this oh, man. <laughs> NFL history. Dude, I think like you guys should sit in your living rooms just do this all the time, right? Uh, D, D, like, let the Raiders have the one man in yeah. 76, man. Uh, Damon Amendolara is amazing on Twitter at Damon Amendolara. Uh, check him out, Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio, 6 to 10, 8, 6 to 9, right? Yep. And for more NFL history takes, by the way, I do a lot of these on YouTube as well. So you can check out my YouTube channel. Oh, at love Damon that. Amendo. Yeah. And uh, I do a lot of this. Stuff. At Damon Amendo. Is that, is that your Twitter handle also? Damon Amendo is, yeah, all the socials. I, I'm sorry. I it's totally fine. At, at Damon Amendo on social. Once you um, get to Damon Amendo, the L-A-R-A usually just right. fills itself in anyway. And uh, the DA show with my buddy Mike Babchick on Sirius yeah. XM Mad Dog Sports Radio. Thank you very much, my friend. My pleasure. All right, DA joining us here on the show. That's really great. I would like to spend a lot of time talking I about know. that. But we have to give up bets to wrap up the show, which means it's time for our pal Jake the Snake to kindly drop the dope-ass beat. All right, BetMGM is our show sponsor, and BetMGM giving their online sportsbook customers like you, the person watching and listening, the opportunity to win a grand prize of up to 58 grand if you predict the most big game prop bets correctly. Head to the Promotions tab, create an entry for the BetMGM Big Game Prop Bet Challenge, and earn the chance to win up to $58,000. Download the BetMGM app and visit BetMGM.com and do so today. Ken Barkley, what do you like tonight in the world of sports? You've been the Islanders tonight in hockey? I'm I'm big on like the Patrick Waugh train right now. Second so, yes. night of a back-to-back for Tampa. Islanders played well. 
yeah, that'll be my one bet for tonight in hockey. I like the Islanders. I like the Islanders. And I wanted to say when Pete Blackburn was like best Canadian goalies, yeah. I wanted to say, well, how are we betting? Are we betting Patrick Watt tonight? <laughs> uh, two bets for me in the NBA. I, maybe these don't go as well as this week where I like literally haven't lost, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, the Suns are cooking right now. They beat Milwaukee. Utah's got really bad home road splits. They also just traded a couple players. Suns at like kind of a two-possession number at home against Utah. Seems really good. And then Nick was really stupid the other night. His word's not mine. And taking Mil- maybe I'm the idiot. Take Milwaukee in that game against Phoenix. Looks they don't early. cover. Right, exactly. Uh, and then I, Doc Rivers did his thing. I'm actually going to bet Milwaukee tonight at like almost a pick number at home against Minnesota. I think Minnesota and OKC both, it's not the wheels are coming off. It's just like teams that have never been in this spot before, like going to be the ones who can win 55 games. And you see it like they're both dropping games. Maybe they're not kind of supposed to based on what we thought. Uh, I think that happens again tonight, Minnesota on this road trip. Uh, so Milwaukee and Phoenix. I'll me. give you one other. I'll take the Golden State Warriors tonight. Catch it. I mean, they're like your team of the second half. Well, I, I feel mean, like. I just yeah. feel like they're playing really. And, and it is it is like a little narrative but I think they've kind of found something. Now, they're, they're playing. You're like, rooting for Kaminga big like, time, no, too. But, yeah. but also, like, you look at the players that are, like, playing as many minutes as Clay Thompson. I don't know who these guys are. Yeah, who's the guy that they, uh, Santos? Because I made Memphis. that joke that Cairo's son yes. or whatever. Yeah, I mean, walk in and put on his blue suede shoes and he covered the spread. All right. And the Islanders tonight with our guy, Patrick Waugh. Yeah. Drop up the bench. Why not? Yeah. Uh, amazing show today from Radio Row. We are not at Radio Row tomorrow. We'll be back at the Sportsbook in Mandalay Bay. We'll have great guests joining us throughout the program. We very much look forward to it. And. Ken and I will give you in the first hour of tomorrow's show all our bets. We'll actually talk like, and there, a, like a good and, amount. And there yeah. will be a truckload of them yes. coming up for Super beep, Bowl beep. 58. So we'll talk to everybody coming up tomorrow, Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Until then, I'm Nick Costos wishing you minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck. Bet MGM tonight coming up next. BetQL and BetMGM are bringing the big game in Las Vegas to you all week. You better you bet, and BetMGM Tonight will be broadcasting live at Mandalay Bay. Listen anywhere you go with the Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.